to step up your self-care game? Best Buds makes a great addition to your routine. Best Buds is a premier manufacturer of federally compliant cannabis products. The products include Bud, CBD, oils, gummies, lotions, edibles, vape, pre-rolls, you name it. I love these products. If you live in Charleston, they will even bring them to your door. I have ordered stuff at like noon and there they are, like two hours later. I love the gummies. My, my typical routine is this. I do an oil in the morning and I do a, a gummy at night. If I want a little more oomph, I'll go with one of the Delta 8 gummies. If I just kind of mellowing out, one of the CBDs. The topicals are great for pulled muscles, especially if you're starting back up with a workout routine. Those topicals are amazing. And there's a beard oil that, uh, that smells really great. I don't have a beard, but I've smelled it. It's a great product. And you can go to bestbudsbff.com and use promo code YOGI10, Y-O-G-I-10, and get 10% off your purchase. Let's mellow it out this year, y'all. Hey there, dear ones. Jay Stephen Willard here, offering up a slightly different episode of There Once Was a Yogi. Uh, It's kind of a uh, There Once Was a Yogi in Action kind of episode. Uh, this is a loving kindness workshop I did a couple of months ago, and I think we had like, I don't know, 17 or 18 people. It was one of the first uh, workshops I did since uh, the start of COVID. It was interesting <laughs> because I think there was a little trepidation uh, from a lot of us to be in this room <laughs> breathing the same air. and. It, I, I do a lot of these workshops, and I have to say that this one was absolutely amazing. Like, people were just there and participating and, and raw. And uh, I think you can hear some questions uh, from the group. Um, I try to, uh, uh, you know, translate some, but it was very in the moment recording it. And I think there's a very harsh break <laughs> between the presentation and the practice. So I apologize for that, but there's a lot of good juicy material in there in the meantime. Uh, we, we, me, it's, I, I'm a solo operation. I don't know why I even tried to bullshit you that there was like a production team. I will post uh, the workshop and the practice together as an episode. And then I will also post the practice uh, on its own. So if that's something that you feel like you want to revisit, fantastic. Uh, And as always, if you want to practice with me uh, in a class situation and you're not in Charleston, South Carolina, you can certainly go to the primary studio where I teach, which is Holy Cow Yoga Center. All my classes uh, are Zoom. And if you want to work with me one-on-one as a yoga teacher or as a meditation coach, shoot me a DM, there once was a yogi on Instagram, or email there once was a yogi at Gmail. I would uh, happy be happy to chat more about all of that stuff. <laughs> but I hope that you'll enjoy this practice and that it will bring uh, some benefit to you. Om Shanti, everybody. Settle in. So close your eyes. It's not going to get creepy, I promise. 
And then place one hand over your actual heart. You know, usually in yoga or meditation, when we say this, we uh, refer to the heart center, kind of in the center. But actually feel that beating heart of yours. And just breathe. We don't have to make it anything special or memorable. Just the breath. I was reading something the other day that said, uh, imagine if the breath was one more thing that we had to think about and do, like we probably would all have died long ago. So just breathe here. And let yourself settle into either that rise and fall of your chest as you breathe in and out, or maybe that very subtle heartbeat as you breathe. As you're ready, opening your eyes. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, who has a meditation practice? Who has done this before, this loving kindness practice? It's okay. <laughs> so this is a different one, right? So loving kindness was um, taught by the Buddha to some disciples who uh, he had instructed them to go into this forest and meditate and uh, the forest was of course and as was back in the day haunted <laughs> and the trees were like no we don't want you here so the Buddha said this is the meditation you're going to do you're going to extend them compassion and love blah 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 and then eventually the trees left them alone and let them meditate in the forest now we all have our own haunted tree <laughs> right whether it's a boss or whatever but this is actually taught to um, help us to cultivate an attitude of selfless love, meaning that we're offering love to someone without the expectation that we're gonna get something in return. Because how many of us do that knowingly or unknowingly? Like, okay, I'm gonna do this nice thing for you. <laughs> like two weeks later, you're like, hey, could you do so-and-so? Oh, no, and you're like, I just did that really nice thing for you two weeks ago. So this is to help us develop an idea that we just give compassion and love to somebody without expecting anything in return. And uh, the Buddha also had a, a quote. This is what I love. Hatred cannot coexist with loving kindness. It dissipates if we supplant it with thoughts based on loving kindness. So we all have situations and or people that uh, annoy us or maybe that we actively dislike. And if we've cultivated that attitude of dislike for that person, has it helped the situation at all? Has it ever worked where you've hated someone enough that the situation changed or whatever? Probably not. So we can recognize that they are a fellow human and offer them compassion. Doesn't mean like, hey, let's hang out and get a drink sometime. But we can coexist uh, in loving peace, right? And so who, most of us are, I would venture to say, have a little bit of negative mind talk going on a loop. Is it just me? I really hope not. Okay. <laughs> and who is that negative talk mostly geared towards? If you feel brave enough and vulnerable. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I talk about anyone as as much as hard as I talk about myself. So this is a practice. We're going to break it down. It's um, it can be a lengthy practice, but I'll also show you ways where you can kind of make it an on-the-spot practice. So we do this by offering it to a succession of, of people. 
we start by offering it to ourselves. Because, as Anna will appreciate this, if you're a watcher of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, is anyone a watcher? Yes. That's it? Just two other people? No. That's three? Okay. This is a safe space, by the way. We can <laughs> feel free to... Not that you say we'll, we'll venture past that door. I'm not going to sit with Tracy later and guess what this one said. Uh, but RuPaul ends every show with, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? And, you know, at first it's like, oh, that's a sassy drag queen line. But it really is a strong mantra to have because this practice of loving kindness won't really mean shit if you can't come to it from a place where you love yourself first and foremost. And um, a, f a friend of mine uh, that teaches uh, says, you know, if, uh, if resistance is, exp is experienced when you're offering this to yourself, it indicates feelings that feelings of unworthiness are present. So no matter, this means there is work to be done, as the practice itself is designed to overcome any feelings of self-doubt or negativity. <laughs> it's a tall order, right? Um, so that also gives you an indication that they're having some regularity of practice is helpful. Like if we do a yoga class, if we come to yoga five, six days a week, or we go to a gym, or we walk, or we run, or whatever, we're doing that to build muscles, right? Like we can't just go to a yoga class a month and go, God, why, am I, why can't I hold a plank for more than 10 seconds? Well, because you do it once a month. Or, you know, it would be great if you could go to the gym and do like one set of bicep curls and be like, all right, see y'all next year. <laughs> but we can't, right? So just the way that that physical exercise is a way of us building our physical muscle, this practice in particular is about building our attitudinal muscles or our emotional muscles, or if you want to go really down the rabbit hole, our spiritual muscles, right? So this, because these tapes that run in our head only have the strength because they've been running for so long on repeat, right? So if you pick one negative thing that you say about yourself, it's this, and that was probably not the first time you've said that to yourself. Might be the first time you've said it to yourself today. <laughs> Could be the first time you said it to you, but that has run on a loop, right? Because we have, that's a muscle that we have no problem flexing is this negative talk one. So we start by offering it to ourselves, and we're gonna spend a lot of time on that aspect of it today, especially with it being uh, Valentine's Day, whatever that means to you. Does anyone have a valentine? Mm -hmm. Of course you do. Anna. <laughs> Has anyone else already bought their like bottle of Maker's Mark and box of chocolates for themselves for tomorrow? <laughs> Just me? Okay. Well, fine. But that's the aspect of it that we will work the most on today, is the offering it to ourselves. Then the next person that we offer it to is uh, a beloved person or it could even be multiple people and this is someone that is very easy for you that if I said their name you're like oh like you smile right away like it's very easy for you to have loving thoughts about this person pet whatever group of friends C's <laughs> so that's our second person still pretty that's a pretty easy part of the practice then we get to a dearly beloved person. That's someone that maybe is a, a teacher or an influence to you. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a teacher that you actually sit with. You know, it could be, I don't know, it could be Oprah, 
but again, pretty easy. Someone that you're like, oh, I've learned a lot from this person. Might even be a character in a book or might be a book. So that's our, our the next one we offer it to. Then we start to get a little tricky. Then we go into a neutral person. Now, so a neutral person is someone that you don't have really any kind of history or idea of, which is almost impossible. Like I have a story for everyone I ever meet, like, oh, I bet she's here because <laughs> her husband left her and she had no choice but to take this job. <laughs> so I, I, I make up a story right away. But the neutral person could be a cashier, a barista, could be someone you see walks your street with their dog every day, but you don't know them. So the neutral person, it gets kind of tricky because we're like, well, I don't know you. Why should I offer you compassion? You should offer them compassion because they're walking this path with you, <laughs> whether you know they're actually beside you or not. Then we get into what may be the hardest part, maybe the second hardest part to offering it to ourselves. And that's to offer it to, we'll say someone hostile, someone that we have a, an issue with. And you don't have to go for the big bad right out of the gate. Like you don't have to pick the most challenging person right out of the gate. It could just be someone that mildly annoys you. Like, you know, your neighbor that always puts something in your yard or, or something like that. You don't have to go for the, you don't have to go for your own jugular here. But again, we're like, well, why should I offer it to them? Well, because why? They're a fellow human. <laughs> and we're trying to maintain our own sense of compassion, right? Which is very tricky if you're on social media to any degree, right? Like I, I started teaching this um, 2018, uh, you know, just a couple of years before, you know, the, the, the shit show that we're in now. We thought that was the shit show. Turned out there was bigger shits <laughs> waiting. <laughs> and I was, uh, I, I was driving to teach a yoga class and I was coming out of my neighborhood and there was, in front of me there was a truck uh, just festooned with uh, stickers of, um, we'll just say a political persuasion different from my own. And uh, I literally, as, as we were turning, I was like half out my window, like middle finger ablazing, like yelling. And then I got back in my truck and I was like, oh, that was not a cute look. <laughs> so I started, it's like, okay, I got to do something here because I feel like I'm losing my sense of humanity. So, so that's why we do it to the hostile person. And then lastly, we just offer it up all around to all sentient beings. Anything that's got a, a brain, a heart, whatever. Right? So... We're going to break it down into a few different practices before we get into the practice of loving kindness. So the first one we're going to do is like a little, um, little sort of, a, I call it a compassionate body scan. It's multi-stepped. So, uh, you're going to find a comfortable position for this. Uh, if you want to, to lay on the floor, you can put the pillow or blanket <clears throat> behind your head. If you want to do it uh, seated, you can certainly do that. If cross-legged um, isn't so comfortable, you could extend both legs out. Uh, Backjacks are giving you some support, but if you'd rather move over to a wall, uh, feel free to do that. And it will take about a minute for everyone to get kind of settled into the, uh, the shape they're going to take here. Hopefully no one has to, uh, if you have to take a quick bio break, this would probably be the best time.
because you, once we get to your bladder, <laughs> you're like, damn, <laughs> I should have went to the bathroom. Uh, let's, let's see if I can do this without catching my pants on fire. Dim the lights just a little bit. So go ahead and close your eyes. Like we did at the beginning, just being aware of the breath, not trying to, to change it. We're not trying to have so many breaths per minute happen. We're not trying to make the breath sound like anything. We're just breathing. And maybe here, we actually offer a little bit of gratitude that that is an act that is happening. I taught a uh, meditation class yesterday and uh, you know, at the other side of it, someone said, well, you know, I thought like meditation, like you're supposed to you know, not think, you're supposed to turn your thoughts off. And I said, well, you know, that actually only happens at one stage in your life and you wouldn't be here. <laughs> and if it happened right now, it would be rather traumatic for the rest of us. So you're breathing. I'm just going to have a little bit of music playing in the background because I know for myself, <laughs> if the room is completely quiet, I become very aware of the sounds that my body makes. <laughs> but just take a moment to experience the sounds around you. It could be the sound of me putting my water bottle down. Maybe someone fidgeting next to you. Maybe you fidgeting. And again, you're not doing anything with this information. You're just noticing it. And then let's take notice of the places where your body touches itself. For example, upper eyelids to lower eyelids. Maybe upper jaw, lower jaw. Maybe a finger or two. Ankles, etc. Again, not using that to, to change anything, just noticing it. And then let's take notice of the other objects our body is currently touching floor, wall bolsters, etc. Bring your awareness back to that in-breath and that out-breath. And this is the present moment. So settle into this, but also acknowledging that moment's already gone. This is the present moment. And then this is the present moment. So as we sit in this seat of the present, we let go of the past, it's behind us. We let go of the future, because we're not there yet. Bring your attention to your head. Notice your eyes, your jaw, Anywhere there's tension, soften that. If you notice any tension or 
or pain, physical or emotional, any discomfort. Just bring some kind, loving attention to that spot. Let's take that down into the neck, the throat. Again, just breathing into tightness, letting it go. Coming down through the shoulders and the chest. Again, bringing just kind attention to any pain or discomfort. Not fighting it or resisting it, just letting it be as it is. Bringing your attention to both your arms. From the upper arms down to the fingertips. If this feels like a, a challenging or a difficult practice, maybe let that hand rest on your heart again. Just feeling a grounding, soothing, comforting touch. Attention to the belly, to the back, to the pelvis. And if we're coming up with any kind of uh, dislike of our body, in your kindest tone, repeating to yourself quietly, may I love and accept my body just as it is. May I love and accept my body just as it is. May I bring kindness and compassion to this body in this moment. Bring your attention to thighs, knees, ankles, feet. Really appreciating how these work for you. How these get you from point A to point B. May I bring kindness and compassion to this body. And then just kind of taking a bird's eye view of your body here. Loving all of it, the imperfections, the scars, illnesses past or present. And as you're ready, deliberately starting to deepen the breath. Bring a little wiggle to the fingers, to the toes. As you're ready, you can open up the eyes. Maybe take a big stretch here. Might be a sigh, might be a yawn. Yawns are good. Except if someone you really love is telling you something about their day. <laughs> and you yawn, it's like, oh. Then as you're ready, coming back to your seat. How did that feel? Does anyone want to share any experiences around that? Again, safe space. Felt a flow within me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice, nice flow. That is good. It's a good challenge. 
It really is. Yeah, it really is. Because, uh, yeah, there are a lot of times when we get to, uh, hi, Patty. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, we all have something, right, that we don't maybe necessarily love about our, our bodies. A lot of times it just may be that they're getting older. <laughs> I think I have sadness. Mm, really? Just because most of my life mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. loved this body. Yeah, I know. Same. Uh, I, my housemate and I were talking about this the other night. You know, like, uh, advertising is so different now than it was even, like, 10 years ago. Like, now we see people with, you know, like, uh, was it Dove especially? Like, they have people with stretch marks and da-da-da. And uh, my housemate was saying, she's like, you know, when I was, like, a a teenager, if I'd known that other people, other women had stretch marks, it would have changed my whole body image. She's like, I used to think I was, was the only one, so I always covered them up. And I was always a fat kid, like, from the time I was about six until, well, how old am I now? Um, and in my head, I'm always, I'm, I'm still that kid. But, yeah, same of, like, you know, always self-conscious about taking off my shirt or whatever. And, uh, and always so jealous of the people that would just effortlessly do it. So, yeah, there are a lot of times in doing that scan of where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a little puffy today. <laughs> but you love it. Love it. Anyone else? Right, right. Yeah, that's a big one too. Like either that you don't have something or that you had something and you've persevered or even if you're in something like, oh, wonder what the, because you know, I'm very big on this, like what the hell is the lesson in this? <laughs> and sometimes you may not know for a long time, if ever, but I think, uh, you know, that's even if I've had like, I uh, injured my knee, uh, I don't know, like a year and a half ago. It was like my first significant injury especially in my career of teaching and like all the stories I'm like oh god I'm not gonna be able to work then what am I gonna do I'm gonna have to go get a shitty job again I'm gonna have to get up at on Monday mornings and I'm like playing out this whole you know like scenario and um of course and of course that didn't help in the healing process at all but it's a good little exercise I think to do once in a while and I think especially you know, because every time we sit down, every time we get on our mat for a yoga practice, it's a different experience every time. You know, if we really kind of tap into what we're having at that moment of like, God, this pose was so much easier yesterday. Or like, oh, shit, look how good I'm doing this today. And it's the same when you take a seat on the cushion or whatever you're sitting on to practice. And especially if you're doing this loving kindness practice, there are going to be a lot of days where you go to offer it to yourself and you're, you're just going through the checklist of everything you have not done right like, I should have more money in the bank. I should be blah, 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 blah. I should blah, 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 And so then you just take a quick moment and you're like, okay, I got to check in here. I got to get comfortable. You don't have to do this every single time. But again, if it's if that's the thing that's giving you the resistance in this practice, it's a, it's a very subtle signal from your subconscious, the universe, whatever you want to say of like, dude, you love yourself a little bit more. Because I always feel like if we, if we're doing this practice, especially, or even if we're sort of unconsciously doing it in our lives, again, if we're not rooted in a, a place of self worth or self love, then the the compassion and the kindness and the love that we give to everyone else doesn't mean that much. <laughs> it's something, but you know, it's kind of like, hey, I brought you dinner, and it's a little Caesar's pizza instead of, <laughs> I don't know, a 
Baker's Bar Pizza. All right, so so that's ourself, right? So maybe when we get into this practice, like when we're saying these phrases to ourselves, we're gonna like really mean it. So then we get into our beloved and our dearly beloved. Again, the beloved is um, pretty easy. It's usually the first person you think of, like, yeah, our people, you know? If it's people, good for you. Like, that's awesome that you have like a, a squad, as Taylor Swift would say. Um, so that's easy to do. Or dearly beloved, you know, that one's kind of negotiable. Maybe you don't have a teacher, but maybe there was someone in your life, a third grade, I would, Mrs. Mason, I still remember her to this day, my third grade English teacher, right? that, you know, just taught me things that I still carry with me. So that, that could be your dearly beloved. So again, that one's pretty easy. As we get into the neutral, you might have to, again, kind of search for that. Might be someone in this room. It could be everyone in this room. You're like, I don't know you people. <laughs> I mean, it's cool that we're here on this Sunday morning. So we could be your neutral person. And then our hostile person. So again, this does not have to be the big one. <laughs> this could be Nancy in accounting. <laughs> or, you know, Sam in HR, where you're like, oh, another email from Sam. That could be your hostile person. And we're going to pause here, and we're going to do a little practice. Pema Chodron writes about it and teaches it sometimes. She calls it just like me. And this is good in traffic, of where you're acknowledging that, I'm sorry, remind me of your name? Laura. Laura. Just like me. Laura wants to get home safe at the end of this. Just like me. Laura's probably a little peckish right now. You know, so everyone's, when you're in traffic, person in front of you, they're not, they did not get up this morning and conspire. I'm going to get in front of Teresa on I-26 and I'm going to go 45. In the left lane. In the left lane. I'm very bad about this of where I, I feel like traffic is always conspiring against me. Like these people have collectively gotten together. <laughs> Every day. Every day. And I was, I was complaining to traffic, uh, to a friend of mine, he goes, well, you realize that you are also traffic. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so uh, just like me, these people are trying to get somewhere. Just like me, they have someone in distress they're, they're trying to get to. Just like me, they have a dog that's about to give birth. All these just like me's. So we're going to close our eyes just for a few minutes. And we're not going to land on any one person. It might be like a little... Um, Remember those Viewmasters? Some of you are, look a little too young to remember the Viewmaster. But remember the Viewmaster you used to go through? It's just going to be like that. It's just going to be a parade of people. So close your eyes. Maybe place hand over the heart center this time. It's right in the center of your chest. If you're familiar with the, uh, the chakra system, this is where your heart chakra, this is sort of your, uh, it's like your Amazon warehouse of love. This is where orders and returns are processed. And you're just going to land on that first person. We're not even going to try to uh, categorize them as our, our neutral or difficult. Just like me. And then whatever comes to mind. Just like me. They wanted to sleep in a little late this morning. Just like me. They're dreading Monday morning. Just like me. They could care less about the Super Bowl tonight. We're just going to do about two minutes of this. Don't get yourself caught up on the person or the phrase. You could just say, just like me.
deepen your breath. If you want to wiggle around or take a big stretch, you could do that. How was that? <laughs> Is everyone just overwhelmed? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an act of will to let that anger go. Ooh, I, I like that. That is an act of will to let that anger go. That's good. Yeah, it really is. It either claims to be or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Normally what it claims to be is that it's made to resolve the anger. But mm -hmm. all these people are making anger supposed to mm -hmm. go, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a teacher that always used to use the phrase, mm -hmm. you know, stop letting people live in your head rent-free. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyone else? I felt like my mind went blank onto like who to like nothing came up naturally. Mm -hmm. Like one person came up naturally, yeah. and then it was like my brain forgot that other people existed. Mm. Yeah. Like, Wait, can I name a person? I don't know. What is a person like? Who I know? <laughs> right. Right. Sometimes it's just faces too yeah. of where, and uh, sometimes I'll call on this practice like if I'm because um, you know we wait in line everywhere now. <laughs> There's nowhere you could just run in and out of anymore and I uh, yesterday <laughs> the risk of sounding bougie and um, privileged I uh, Target carries the oat milk <laughs> that I like <laughs> does anybody drink oat am I the only oat milk drinker and I really like the silk vanilla oat milk and Target's the only place that carries it and so uh, I ordered it on the app to pick up and uh, they also carry the I love don't judge me Chocolate Lucky Charms. <laughs> They're the only store that carries Chocolate Lucky Charms. So I said, oh, I should probably order a couple of boxes of this too. And so I got there and, uh, you know, usually I'll do the, you bring it out to the car thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in because I got to grab a, a couple of other things. And then, so I, I go to the thing to pick up my order. You know, she hands me the cereal. And then the guy's like, oh, I got to go to the cooler to grab the, the milk. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like eight minutes go by. <laughs> and I'm like, I could have made fucking oat milk. <laughs> this amount. Like I could just go buy some Quaker oats and I don't know how they do it, but I don't imagine it's this little thing. But uh, and so then he finally comes and um, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, I, I grabbed one and it literally just like exploded in my hand. And then it, it was, I didn't have another vanilla. So I brought you this one. And for a moment I was like about to go into, you know, Karen mode. And then I was like, you know what? Because I'm looking around, and it was crazy in Target yesterday. I also forgot it was the day before the Super Bowl. And so I'm like, you know what? Just like me, this guy is just trying to get through his day. <laughs> like, just like me, he wants to be done with me. <laughs> He's like, I don't. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. And left. I was like, okay, that was a teachable moment. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're going to go back to the hostile person a little bit. Uh, because... When we're doing this practice, and we're going to get into the phrases of it uh, in just a few minutes, and then it'll kind of what I'm about to say will make sense. Because of the things we're saying to this hostile person, uh, it can be challenging. It can be triggering. Uh, it can just be bloody uncomfortable. So there's a degree of forgiveness when we get to that part of the practice. And, and this is a tricky word. This is a tricky practice because I think a lot of times when we hear this uh, of offering forgiveness to someone, uh, particularly to someone that's you know painful or that has done something horrible to us or blah, 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 it feels like we're 
accepting or condoning or excusing it, right? That's not what it means. It's, you know, I was talking to a rabbi friend of mine and we were talking about this topic a few months ago and she said, you know what, in Judaism, we look at forgiveness this way. There is no atonement from the person, no change of behavior. We don't have to offer them forgiveness. I was like, so then, of course, I'm going through my my inventory list of that person hasn't done anything, so I don't have to forgive. I think that's true to some degree. The, the, the act of forgiveness is actually that we're not holding on and recommitting whatever happened on a daily or hourly basis, right? Lots of teachers say you forgive someone for you. You don't really forgive it for them. And there's going to be a lot of cases where that's not available, applicable, whatever. Um, I used to, <laughs> during my very brief life coaching career, um, I would always say this to, especially people that were trying to get over breakups, they would say, I just need closure. I'm like, yeah, actually you don't. Because that's not what you actually want. What you want is you want someone to say, you were right, I was wrong. <laughs> and that rarely happens, it turns out. So if you're looking for closure, you just got to close it yourself. You just got to close your side of it. Because no matter how much we sit in this circle and offer these phrases to somebody, it ain't going to change anyone in your life. <laughs> it will change your part of it, hopefully, you know, if you do it enough. But we, there's no amount of meditating or chanting we're going to do that's going to make someone less of an asshole. We may just have a higher tolerance for assholes. At least that's what someone told me. <laughs> I think they were talking about me. But um, So we're going to do a very uh, a little forgiveness practice. I'll give you the phrases again at the end if you want to jot them down. Uh, because, again, it's a good thing to kind of come into. Because I think, you know, almost daily we encounter someone that's hurt our feelings or, you know, done something to us that we're like, oh, how dare you? Be it, you know, small or big. Course in Miracles says... You know, there is no little T trauma, big T trauma. Any trauma is trauma. So and we also have to recognize that in some of these situations that we are, in fact, the asshole. I was just going to ask you that. What about, because that's what I was thinking. That you're the asshole? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The real problem with my internet provider for more than a year. Uh-huh. Mm. And I knew I wasn't nice mm-hmm. because I'm just fed up and I hung up the phone and I said, oh, you were such a bitch. <laughs> I was. Yeah. So it's hard, though, when you reverse that because then you have to forgive yourself. That's part of the practice we're about to do. Yeah. And it is, for me, it is the hardest is because hard. I think a lot of us can get into these narratives. Like I just I just had a, a very long uh, friendship, uh, like a, a 12-year friendship that ended um, a few months ago. And uh, it has been very kind of raw, and I still run into like mutual, you know, like, oh, how's that? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, in the beginning of it, it was very easy for me to be like, to count everything that they had done against me. Like, oh, there was that time we went to so and so, and they didn't, oh, and then there was this, and then there was this. And then, like, one day I was meditating, and uh, I was even doing this practice, and it, something like came to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I did that thing. Ooh, and I did that thing. Oh, and I did do that thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. 
Um, so we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna play with that a little bit. So let's find a seat. Maybe don't make this one so comfortable. <laughs> it should feel maybe a little uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, eyes closed. And this time one or both hands, again, over that, that precious heart. Let yourself sink down into feeling that beating of that heart. It's a good reminder that you have one. Sometimes this is a good thing to do if you have just had like a heated moment is to put your hand over your heart just to kind of soothe yourself. And it's also a good opportunity to remind yourself like, you know what? I'm still a human. I am going to trip up. I am going to mess up. I'm going to say stuff that I'm going to regret. So we're going to silently repeat this phrase to ourselves. To anyone I have hurt, knowingly or unknowingly, I ask forgiveness. To anyone I have hurt, knowingly or unknowingly, I ask forgiveness. To anyone I have hurt, knowingly or unknowingly, I ask forgiveness. Repeat that to yourself a few times, really letting it land, letting it resonate with you. To anyone I have hurt, knowingly or unknowingly, I ask forgiveness. Then we're going to shift gears to anyone who has hurt me, knowingly or unknowingly. I forgive you. To anyone who has hurt me, knowingly or unknowingly, I forgive you. To anyone who has hurt me, knowingly or unknowingly, I forgive you. And we'll shift gears one last time. I forgive myself for hurting myself, knowingly or unknowingly. I forgive myself for hurting myself, knowingly or unknowingly. I forgive myself for hurting myself, knowingly or unknowingly. And let your breath deepen. Any movements, sounds, any expressions, let them come out. That's a hard one, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I always find it easier <laughs> almost to forgive someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially that last little phrase. You know, and, uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to make a little email and put all these phrases in it if you haven't been able to, uh, to jot them down. Uh, anyone want to share experiences with that? <clears throat> so yesterday, I had a yoga instructor who works at my studio tell me that I had pissed her off so badly that she wants to quit and that I broke her heart. And, and I think in my head, going over it all, I really didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. mean, even when I dissected it all yeah. and all that, and even through all of this, well, backtrack a little bit. I was in the hospital in August for bad stomach issues and an ulcer and all of that. And it's been pretty much under control. During all of this, my stomach is on fire. Mm. Like all of that stress and anxiety yeah. that yesterday. Because I mean, I told Greer yesterday I had had the shittiest of shitty days, mm-hmm. and but and that today I felt pretty good. And then rehashing that all in my head just now, my stomach is burning. Wow! And wow. I even to the point where I'm like, did I take my medication? Today? Right. And I did. Like it just fired up some stuff going on in yeah. my stomach. Well, you know, I mean, we hold stuff in the yep. body, right? Does anyone have like a? A, a sure tell place where they know they're stressed or out of whack. Like, is there a part of your body where you're like, oh God, there it is. I get terrible migraines. Yeah, so migraines. My yeah. Are, I, Stomach I, is very I, popular. My shoulders and my neck. Same Shoulder, neck. As we're like, and I'm seeing the person and yeah. trying to forgive. I don't. I don't want to forget. Well, so here, I'm glad you brought that up. And so I'm like, and I know that I need to. I know that it's okay, but I don't want to. Let's unpack that because I I was actually going to bring that up. So those on you on Zoom, if you if you didn't hear it, uh, she said that there someone came up in that practice that she doesn't want to forgive. (laughs) Did you say you're not ready to forgive? No. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that we need to honor. In ourselves, right? Because sometimes there's some shit that's going to take a while, right? Like, oh, <laughs> like there's. I think there's a tendency for those of us in this kind of wellness community, these wellness settings, to do a lot of spiritual bypassing. That like, oh, I should just, I should forgive him. I should just forgive him. Like, if I went over to Anna right now and like punched her in the face, should Anna like it? Four o'clock, be like, hey, Steven, you want to go, like, grab pizza? Like, probably not. That would probably not be the appropriate response. If Anna saw me tomorrow, Wednesday, next Sunday, like, there's some stuff that you're like, I got to unpack this, and it's going to take me a while. I mean, there, it, I, my ex, my last, like, significant ex, no exaggeration, took me about seven years to finally get to a point of where I was like, and I still don't, sometimes I still don't know if I reached this point of forgiveness or indifference. Mm-hmm. Because there does have to be some point where we're not carrying this person on our back anymore or in our head. Because I always think, I think the thing that made me, I would kind of ghost uh, stalk them on you know social media had like a burner account so that it <laughs> just in case like you know it couldn't be seen that I had like looked through his pictures and um 
<clears throat> like this was maybe again like six or seven years after we had uh, broken up looking through pictures and you know he's on this vacation they're just having time of his life and I had this moment of where it's like this asshole ain't thinking of me mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. why am I still and again I don't know that I came to a place of forgiveness but I think I just came to a place of okay you know what this is not my problem anymore I don't have to have anything to do with this person anymore I, sometimes we don't have that that luxury. I know that's what I was gonna ask. Like it's an ongoing daily. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boundaries. I'm a big proponent of even if you don't express those boundaries. Like you know, I have a <laughs> I've had a very challenging uh, relationship with my mother for most of my life, and uh, the last like uh, seven or eight months, we've had um, uh, some pretty significant. Uh, family stuff going on around my brother and it has forced me to spend a lot of time <laughs> a lot of time with my mother uh over the summer we would be in a car together for about eight hours yeah <laughs> like the first time I was like I, I think I actually said it out loud it was not one of my shining moments I was like I swear to god if you do not stop talking I am going to run us off the road <laughs> and then but then I had to stop and I was like okay these are in some boundaries I had to set with her. Like, okay, these are topics we are not discussing. I'm curious if she stopped talking. She did <laughs> for about 20 minutes. It's also every conversation with my mom is really like a monologue. <laughs> like I, I, I talk to her daily now at this point, but it's really just 30 minutes for her to, and then just me. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so boundaries of where you're like, okay, and some of them you can express and some of them you don't. Like with my, my mother, for example, I've had this for, I don't know, last seven or eight years, any holiday, one hour. I will go over to the house, one hour. And then I take it in increments. If an hour has passed and things are relatively peaceful, then we go in 15 minute increments. But if it's one of those days, like, all right, bye. <laughs> I don't care if that turkey's on the table or not. <laughs> that's my boundary. And it has worked very well. So sometimes that's the thing that you have to do. And sometimes, again, it's... Yeah, maybe forgiveness is a long way away. But acknowledging that it's there mm-hmm. is the first thing. I agree. Yeah, acknowledging that you're... That you're holding on to it. Yeah. It's a good opportunity to look at why. Mm-hmm. You what's know? the lesson you need to learn What's from the it? lesson? What's the payoff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things in there. Ooh, there's a lot of things in there to unpack, Teresa. There is. Are you, uh, are you familiar with uh, Byron Katie? No. Uh, is anyone? She has this, uh, she calls it the work. And it sees four questions. You can look it up. She has, it's really good if you can look it up on YouTube and watch her actually. What's her name? Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a small book? There is a very small book version of it, and then there, there's a, a bigger version. Right. Um, a friend of mine uh, always calls her Byron Katie Perry, but um, <laughs> it's Byron Katie. And it's called The Work. So she has these four questions. One is, you know, you, first you write out your, your thing. Mm-hmm. I'm whatever your emotion is to whomever it is for whatever. Like, I'm pissed at, uh, I'm pissed at Aaron for having that great hair. <laughs> um, so I write that out, right? You want to keep it kind of simple. You don't want to go with, you're not going into a story. 
then the first question you ask yourself, is that true? Is it true that I'm pissed at Erin because she has that great hair? It's yes or no. It's no. There's no in-between. Well, maybe I am. Yes or no. There's no right or wrong. Question number two, are you sure it's true? <laughs> so then I get to dig a little deeper of like, well, maybe I'm not pissed at Erin. I'm annoyed at Erin that she's got that great hair. I'm jealous that Erin's got that great hair. Okay, so then question number three, what does that thought do to me? Who am I when I think that thought? What does that bring up in me when I think I'm annoyed at Erin for having that great hair? Well, let's see. Makes me feel old, makes me feel inferior, blah, blah, blah. I go down my checklist, right? Question number four, what would I be without that thought? What would I be without the thought that I'm annoyed at Aaron for having that great hair? I'd just go about my day, probably. <laughs> like, I wouldn't really think about it very much. I would happily walk past the shampoo aisle every time I'm at Target, knowing that I don't have to go down it. So, so those are the four questions we ask ourselves around it. Then there's a whole process of turning stuff around, of like flipping it, like, oh, not annoyed at Aaron for having that great hair. I'm annoyed that I don't have great hair, or I'm sad that, you know, so we start unpacking this stuff of where we get to this point of where we realize that at the end of the day, we're only responsible for our stuff. Like we, we should only be carrying our, our bag of rocks, like my grandmother used to say, you know? So we take other people's rocks out the bag. Yeah. <laughs> but look it up, Byron Katie, Byron with a Y. K-D-I-E. And I, like, I know that the ongoing is sort of, it's, it's a lesson. Like, I know mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to be getting some message. Mm -hmm. And either I'm intentionally missing it or I'm not ready to receive it yet. 100%. But, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I was at a job uh, several years ago. Uh, and I was at that job for about seven years, something like that. And the last two years of it, I absolutely hated every day that that alarm went off and I had to get dressed to go in. I was just like, oh, God, I hate this so much. <laughs> and I, I don't like these people, blah, 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 blah. And so I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who she's kind of my, uh, like one of my spiritual you know, lifelines. And I'm talking to her and I'm like, you know, I just keep looking for what is this lesson I'm supposed to be learning at this job? Like, you know, like I feel like it, bless you. I feel like I'm doing this. I'm just blah, 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 blah. What am I supposed to be learning? What am I supposed to be? And she finally said, I think what you're supposed to learn here is when to leave something. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like blew my mind. She was like, I think you need to, that is, when, when is the time to walk away from something that's not working? And I thought about so many relationships <laughs> that I just, held on to so they were like just dead dry branches and uh, and I think about that all the time now like like if there's a relationship with this friendship that ended I was like you know I don't think that this is serving any of us anymore and I think it's just time that we walk away from this that sounds so easy oh yeah it's it sounds so easy, easy. <laughs> more than 20 years like it's terrible when I look back at it but forgive my ex-husband mm-hmm I, it has, it wasn't angry because of me. I yeah. Was angry. I was angry. The mother tried to kill me. Mm -hmm. Beyond pissed off. I mean, it was really bad. I, um, I will top that. 
<laughs> it, uh, it, well, because I had this epiphany not long ago. It took me probably 51 years to forgive my father. Like I had this moment about two years ago. Lockdown uh, in some ways was very helpful. <laughs> but like I was, I was just doing a lot of like work and spiritual stuff uh, during the first phase of lockdown. And I was doing a lot of work around my father. And uh, yeah, I just had this moment of where I was like, I thought about my father's childhood and what he had gone through. Uh, my father did two tours of Vietnam. My, my father was in Vietnam when I was born, actually. So we didn't actually, he didn't meet me until I was like two. And it kind of felt like that set the tone for <laughs> the, our relationship. And, um, but I also knew stuff about this passive where I was like, there was no other way this was going to play out than how it did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, shit. And I can't tell you, like, the load that that has, like, taken off of me. So, yeah, there's no time. So there's no time frame on this, you know. Oh, I'm not familiar with that one. Eckhart Tolle, Silent Speaks. Yeah. It's busy. It's in a more so than it was 10, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Way yeah. And I decided I needed to have quiet time, but I mm-hmm. couldn't because I always had something to do. Oh, we can always find I something. I picked up this book. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I really silence. You, you said you were waiting for a message. I was waiting for a message, and it wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. What's wrong? Am I not hearing it? No, you're not hearing it because you're running around. You, we, yeah, we're looking. We're always diverting our Once attention. I stop and mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. It's a total clearing experience. Yep, and you have to get still and you have to get quiet to to get that. Bettina. And hopefully, if you read a book called Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Power of Now. Well, must read. Thinking on our forgiving is the gift. Mm. That's the heart of time. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't Forgetting forget. as well as for, forget. So what are you doing? What? No. Uh, I just said that the word, when we're, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, the thing that's holding us back is if it's, a, if it's your father, yeah. you know, you know, I didn't want to stop it. I didn't meet my dad till 21, and I told him to bed. Mm-hmm. But my mom, so I forgave them both instantly. Mm. But even when I think forward to his deathbed, we come one day, we yeah. have a good relationship. Right. Yeah. Nor do I think you should. And you can hold it in. Yeah. But the trick is when it's not letting it be the bad stuff inside that like wrecks you. Right. Anyway, that was. Yeah, the forgetting. Acceptance. Acceptance. Mm. Mm, I still have a hard time with that, even around that tolerance, maybe. Because intolerance is a word that I generally don't like because a lot of times it's used and directed towards communities of people. Like, well, I don't want to be tolerated. That's exactly right. What's happened has happened. Nothing we do is going to change that. I think that it's this idea of, because, yeah, I always grew up with forgive and forget. But, you know, like, say, you know, as a kid, you put your hand on a hot stove. Well, you don't forget after that that the stove top is hot. Like, you don't, like, two weeks later, like, oh. (laughs) Like, oh. Like, you don't repeatedly put your hand on the hot stove. But you know, like, oh, stovetop hot, don't touch. So I think that, that we can, because very much like you, like I did, um, when my father died, we had not spoken in like 17 years or something like that. 
at that point, and, um, and, and he did not want to speak to me even on his deathbed. And um, so I have not forgotten that, but it no longer drives the narrative. Does that make sense? Like it's no longer, it's a plot point, <laughs> but it's not, it's not the defining. Because also when I did this like a couple of years ago, I was able to actually like scan and find like happy memories of my father that I had actually put aside years ago. And so, yeah, I don't think that we, for, like we don't forget the neighborhood dog that bites, right? We are like, oh, I crossed the street when I get to this house. So yeah, we don't forget it. But we can, I think, over some amount of time, we can decide or determine how important it is to us. Does that make sense? Like, okay. Because that, that 20 years, is that, this is how I met my brother. By the way, I met a half-brother like seven years ago. Wow. He had tracked me down via Facebook. His mother, we, had, we shared the same father, his mother had told him that our father had died in Vietnam. And so when he reached out to me, I was like, well, no, actually, he just died like seven years ago. Um, and he and I have talked about this a lot. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's accepting what is. Because that's where most of our stress comes from in life, right? Is that we are trying to fight what is. Like if we're, like right now, we just, if we let ourselves get pissed that it's Sunday and it's cold and it's gray, is it going to change? Is the sun going to come out and it's going to go back to 75? <laughs> no, no. But if every hour I'm like, oh, it sucks. It's gray and 50 degrees. Should be sunny. Should. That's a great, you know, we all get stuck in the should. <laughs> it's a terrible word to be. It's supposed to be. Uh, that's just a fancy should. <laughs> that's just should with a uh, degree. <laughs> all right. So these are little elements that we bring into. We're going to go into the loving kindness practice now. Full, full thrust, full throttle, full throttle rather. So I'm going to give you the phrases. I will lead us through the first few minutes of it. But if you decide there are other phrases that you want to use, feel free. But I'm just going to kind of give you a, a template here. Let me hydrate real quickly. So again, the order that we're going to offer them, and again, I'll lead you through that uh, a bit, is to ourselves first. And this could be, I find that visualizing helps in this process. Uh, when we're offering it to ourselves, it could be the version that you saw in your mirror right before you got out of the car. Uh, it could be a v version of you dressed up in your favorite outfit. Uh, it could be a younger you. Sometimes I do that a lot to young, little younger Steven. Um, just whatever version in your favorite vacation spot, your favorite room, anything like that. So offer it to ourselves first. Then we find our benefactor, we'll call it. And we'll, we're going to lump those two that we talked about. Either the person that... All right, so, to your, offering loving kindness to yourself, your beloved, your neutral, your hostile, to all. So find a comfortable position. I would say stay seated for this one because you, you don't want to, I mean, you could doze off, but 
what would happen at that point. Comfortable seat. Hands wherever it feels good. On your lap, on your thighs. Let's move around a little bit. We haven't done much moving, so maybe there's some stretches. There's some side bends. There's some twists. A little arching and rounding in the back. A little bobblehead. Open and close the jaw a few times. Particularly if you're wearing a mask. I tell you, the clenching that happens in that damn mask. Raise and lower your eyebrows. And then we let ourselves come to our breath. So even though we're going to use some degree of visualiz visualization for this practice, we want to try to clear all the other stuff. Now breathing in, breathing out. And you're just noticing this part. Breathing in, breathing out. Letting your breath land in its own rhythm here. If a thought pops in, which it will, well, it came out very southern, <laughs> you just say, breathing in, breathing out. Let's draw that vision of ourselves to our mind's eye here. Make it a loving vision of yourself. If it's a younger version of you, maybe you even have your arms around that young you. And repeating to yourself, may I be happy. May I be healthy. May I accept my limitations with grace. May I live with ease. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I accept my limitations with ease. With grace, rather. May I live with ease. I'll repeat them one more time allow you to work on your own. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I accept my limitations with grace. May I live with ease.
that vision of ourselves just kind of fade into the background. And we'll bring forth our benefactor, our beloved, our teacher, our guide, whatever is fitting for you in this. As you draw that vision of them forward, maybe you're holding their hands as they stand in front of you. Maybe you're sitting by them. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease. I'll repeat them one last time. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease. Letting that vision of our beloved just kind of fade into the background. Picturing our neutral person. And maybe you picture them in the setting where you know them. In the grocery store or them walking their dog. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease.
let that image fade. And we'll bring forth our difficult or challenging person. And it may even be helpful to just place your hand on your heart here. Just again, having this to be a soothing and grounding touch. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease. I'll try it again. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you accept your limitations with grace. May you live with ease. And as we practice this on our own, again, this becomes very uncomfortable, very triggering. Extend these phrases back to yourself. Give yourself a little extra dose of loving kindness. We're going to let that vision go and we're actually just going to bring back our beloveds, bring back our neutral, and we're going to start encompassing all beings. So maybe we start by just imagining all of us in this room together, everyone in that next room, on this strip, the street, the city state, country, around the globe. May all be happy. May all be healthy. May all accept their limitations with grace. May all live with ease. May all be happy. May all be healthy. May all accept their limitations with grace. May all live with ease. And then as you're ready, deepening your breath, Movements, maybe small to big, in between. And as you're ready, opening your eyes. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, yeah, who said wow? Yeah? Do you want to expand? It's fine if you don't. No, no, no. Um. It got harder mm -hmm. instantly. And then when one person who's a sibling, when I'm saying, may you be happy, may you be happy, may you mm -hmm. accept your limitations with ease, mm -hmm. 
was projecting, can you accept me with ease? Oh, wow. You know? Like yeah, yeah. Like, I think you would feel better. Mm. Like, you're you, and I've accepted you, I'm me. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easy for us to forget that, you know, but I think it was uh, Jung who said, uh, you know, if you, if you cut into my brain <laughs> and I cut into your brain, we're going to see at the, at the center, they're the same, right? I mean, we, if we look at ourselves on a sub-physical level, we all have a skeletal system, we all have, you know, organs, blah, blah, blah. We go to a metaphysical level. Well, you know, namaste means light and Aaron. I recognize that the same light as me, minus the hair. <laughs> but we acknowledge each other. Um, yeah, that, that was very beautiful. Yeah. Anyone else? I was thinking um, my birthday is today on Valentine's Day. Oh, happy birthday. Mm. And so much has happened this year for me and my beloved, and it's just like I can just see these beautiful things and celebrate great things like the other people. Mm -hmm. It's emotional. Just yeah, it can be. It can be very emotional. It's, um, you know, kind of going back to what I, I said in the beginning, I think it's been very easy, sadly, uh, for us to forget our humanity and the humanity in other people, right? Um, at the risk of being mildly provocative here. Uh, you know, uh, back in January, uh, a lot of us, a lot of the teachers here, we put a, a VAX mandate on our classes. Um, not as a political act, but just as a, like, uh, you know, this feels like the safe, smart thing to do. And there were some teachers that were like, no. And, and you know, and I had a couple of students that I used to see four or five times a week that, I don't see anymore. And uh, it was interesting because before it went in, uh, one came to me and said, I'm not vaccinated. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was talking to a friend and I said, you know, it, it was easy for a while to be in this place of where if people weren't vaxxed, to be like, you know what, F you, la 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 la. I said, but then when you have someone that you know, that you've cultivated some sort of relationship with that's standing in front of you, I was like, oh, I can't, oh, I don't even want at this point to be like, F you, la, 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 la. So it was interesting of like, that's right. We can all have different <laughs> views and opinions. And there used to be a time where these could coexist. It doesn't feel that way anymore, right? And so I think that that's one of the reasons why I started doing the practice. I try to do this practice about four or five times a week. And you can really get it down to this place of where you just dot, 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 dot. But I was just getting so, I was so angry <laughs> all of the time. And I was just posting so much. I was contributing 100%. Um, or I would get into arguments in the comment sections with people I didn't even know. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, this is not who I want to be. Like, I don't want to forget that you know, whoever you voted for shouldn't mean I don't stop and help you if you have a flat tire. Mm -hmm. Like if I drive past a car and it's got a bumper sticker, I should be like, oh, well, good luck with that. <laughs> like, I would hope that the humanity would be, the human of me would say, 
is there anything I could do? And hopefully that person seeing my bumper sticker <laughs> wouldn't be like, fuck you, keep rolling. <laughs> I'll drown here before I let you help me. <laughs> but it's, we've gotten to this place of where we just see the extremes of each other. And we're, and we're so much more than that. We're so much more interesting than that. Bettina's so way more interesting than what she thinks. Uh, because I have talked to you, Bettina. <laughs> so this is a way to, again, not only cultivate this uh, feeling of being loved and being worthy in ourselves, but it's also to remind us that, yeah, you know, even if they're dicks, they're just like you. They have a dog at home that they have nicknames for and can't wait to get home to. Or they like brown, just like me, they like brown sugar Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and I think if we can start to kind of find that, that a little different, or that to find that, that we're less uh, different and more alike, we can produce change. And I think, you know, we all want to have like these big sweeping, changing the world, but you really got to change your house first. <laughs> And you got to change you within that house first. So who knows? Maybe this will all work or maybe we'll be here a year from now. <laughs> okay, let's try it this time. May you be happy. <laughs> May you be healthy. <laughs> and also remember, you're still a person. You're going to mess up. Everyone in your life is still a person. They're going to mess up. It's just part of the experience, right? Uh, any final questions or comments? I have one. Yes. So the whole time when you guys were talking about acceptance and tolerance and all of that, and you know, even when you know the bumper stickers or you know, there's just in the last few years, there's just a deeper anger that yes. has ever existed in the world, and I think the way we just have to look at it now is wisdom. Mm -hmm. You have to have the wisdom yeah. to know that this is what has happened, this is who we are, mm -hmm. and we have to grow from that. Well, you know, A Course in Miracles says that uh, all actions or words or beliefs, thoughts, come from one of two places, love or fear, mm -hmm. right? It's easy to know what, what we're doing from a loving place. It's also easy to know what you're doing from a place of fear. We can say, you know... Yeah, going big here, because I, uh, I was in a, just, uh, participated in a group recently of where uh, uh, it was a group in um, uh, Florida of trans people that were uh, trying to coexist with, uh, anyway, even if someone's whatever ist, racist, fascist, homophobic, transphobic, misogynist, whatever, what is that, is that based in love or fear? Right. I don't know much more beyond that, but, but like all these things that we attribute, like anger, uh, whatever, those are all fear-based, right? And we're living in a very fear-based time, and we're living in a very, and everything around us feeds that fear. Mm -hmm. Like you can't pick this. I had to finally start going through my feed, like when I would get notifications, like not interested, not interested, not interested. Because I'm like, I just want videos of kittens and puppies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe the occasional hot shirtless boy. <laughs> so it's, it's, 
it's a practice and it's a it's sometimes it's a fight but yes wisdom my therapist told me one of the reasons that I yell immediately when my seven-year-old does something that is not what I expect her to do is 100% based on fear mm -hmm. the fear that she's not learning what she needs to learn to oh, yeah. move the fear that she possibly could have gotten hurt and exactly what you said it comes from fear or yeah well I think parents I mean I, I'm not one uh, <laughs> but that job's got to be like 50 50 50 percent love and fear that's because yeah same because I, I have babysat for like my godson and even in that two hours I'm like oh my god please don't pull this pan on top of your head Please don't decide to play with a knife. <laughs> and I'm like, God, how do you do this 24-7 for the next, <laughs> I would say 18 years, but it never stops from what I'm told. Uh, yeah, so love or fear is what it comes from, right? And, and, and you can break this practice apart. I'll do a little post uh, probably later today or tomorrow on my social media of some books that I really like um, about this. Uh, the phrases, excuse me, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, I typically do this about twice a year, so I'll probably do another one uh, in the summer. Uh, sometimes I'll combine it with yoga, where we do some poses that encourage heart opening, hip opening, etc. But uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, I'm very easy to locate. I rarely go on Facebook anymore, so Instagram is, is a much better way to find me. There once was a yogi. Um, you can DM me any questions. Uh, my email is also there once was a yogi at Gmail. And I will probably next month post this. Uh, does anyone uh, object to me posting the, the recording of this on my podcast? If you do, if one person does, they won't, we won't post it. Okay. So I, I may repost either the whole thing or maybe just the practice. Actually, I think I have a practice already up on my podcast. And where are you posting it? Uh, uh, Instagram is my most social media thing I use, but I have a podcast called There Once Was a Yogi. Clever. And uh, that's available wherever you, if you podcast, Spotify, Apple, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll post the practice on there if you feel like you need some kind of hand-in-hand help until you kind of master it on your own. Play with those phrases. They're not set in stone. Use whatever appeals to you. You know, try to stay away from, like, especially if it's, like, your difficult person. You know, may you not be an asshole. Like, avoid that. <laughs> may you realize you were wrong. Avoid that. <laughs> well, this is this is I think the biggest one I've done since the pandemic. It's wonderful to have so many people uh, in here. Thank y'all so much. It was Thank great. You. I Thank hope you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you didn't miss moving around. Zoom folks, Catherine, Patty, Barbara, great to see y'all. I hope you could hear the stuff. But uh, great to see you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go team of your choice if that's your thing <laughs> yes puppy bowl 100 percent i'll see you soon catherine jay stephen willard here if you want to practice with me, there are lots of options available to you. Maybe not lots, but there are a few. There's a YouTube channel, 
There once was a yogi. I have many practices up on that. Some are short, 10-15 minutes. Some are an hour. Some are vinyasa yoga. Some are yin yoga. Some are meditation. Perfect to fit into your schedule. If you want to take a live class with me, and you don't live in the Charleston area, I teach primarily at Holy Cow Yoga Center, Charleston's longest-running yoga studio. It might even be the longest-running studio in the country. But holycowyoga.com, you can take any of my classes via Zoom. Or if you want to work with me one-on-one with yoga or meditation, shoot me an email, there once was a yogi, at gmail, or DM me at, you guessed it, there once was a yogi. Look forward to seeing you on your mat.